Episode 64, and we're live, baby. We're doing it live once again. And there you go, Megan. The music has stopped. For those of you who are just listening, or for those of you who didn't just start at the very beginning of the live video, you missed out, and I'm not going to tell you why. You just have to go and watch the first two, three minutes of the live video on the Sports Talk with Swag Facebook page to find out exactly what you just missed. Because uh, words cannot do it justice. Um, speaking of which, social media. Go follow, the, uh, go follow us. Sports Talk with Swag, Facebook, Instagram. Twitter is STWScast. Write us an email, sportstalkwithswag at gmail.com. Um, you know, subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere you find podcasts. Um, leave a five-star rating, give my ego a little boost. That'd be nice. Feel a little more confident. Everyone could always use that every once in a while, right? So go do that. But yeah, we're chilling. We're hanging out here. Um, I know this is usually a extremely strict and formal and, uh, you know, very professional podcast, but we're switching it up tonight and we're just straight chilling. Uh, I am, you know, just hanging out because I am, because I just felt like it. And, uh, we're going to talk some wrestling and we're going to talk some other stuff. If people want to talk about other stuff, the only plan I had was to talk about Survivor Series and some wrestling, but, uh, I'll take any and all questions that people leave in the chat. I'll answer them. Um, any other topics that you guys want me to cover, leave it in the chat and I will cover it and we'll talk about it um it's like i said we're just hanging out we're just chilling um <clears throat> you know so i'm trying to think if there's uh well i guess i should <clears throat> give some context so survivor series the wwe Bay review is this sunday night from chicago illinois survivor series 2019 um all about brand supremacy, but it shouldn't be, and it's not at all, and I'll get to that later. Um, but uh, yeah, Survivor Series is coming up, so we got to predict it. As you know, if you're a regular listener of this podcast, if there is a uh, pay per view, we got to predict it, we got to say what we think is going to happen. Um, so that's what we're going to be doing tonight, like I said. And if anyone has questions, leave them in the chat and I'll answer them. Um, but so I guess just a little context for those, you know, either unaware <clears throat> um, or just for those who may not know, whatever. Um, Survivor Series, typically, it's one of the, what we call big four pay-per-view for WWE. They have four, like, massive pay-per-views a year. So it's Royal Rumble, WrestleMania, SummerSlam, Survivor Series. And those are basically, like, the pay-per-views where they pull out all the stops. They're the big, you know... I don't know. It's just the there are the pay per views that matter the most, and the, the ones that are always the most entertaining, typically. Um, so this is the last one of the year, Survivor Series, because Royal Rumble is in January. Um, 
and typically it's been uh main evented by a five on five uh men's elimination match uh basically just you know at the very beginning it was just two teams of five elimination tag match and that's it just see which team is better and then once they the brand split came about in the early 2000s well really once the uh wcw invasion angle came about in 2001 i believe it was after wcw folded they had basically survivor series was wwe versus wcw uh for control of the wwe um and a lot of people say that was the last good Survivor Series. That was the last Survivor Series that they really cared about. Because after that, it's pretty much, like I've said, been about the brand split. And it's just been Team Raw versus Team SmackDown. Um, and there's been some good some good matches thrown, there and there, thrown in there. But there's been a couple of real clunkers. And there's a couple of years there where they just didn't even have the traditional elimination match at all. Uh, which is a huge bummer. But it's back now and it's fine. Um, this is probably the one that I think a lot of people are most excited about since 2001 because um, <clears throat> uh, NXT is involved this year, which is now the third brand of the WWE and arguably the best. I don't really think it's that arguable, but I, I think they're the best brand. Um, they used to be kind of like the developmental brand of the WWE, but have since been kind of promoted and are now just considered a th- the third brand. Um, and they're really pushing that home this year because it's for the first time it's Raw versus SmackDown versus NXT. Um, and I think it's gonna be really good. So we got a lot of different variations of triple threat matches on Sunday night, uh, which you don't typically see, but it'll be nice. Um, and just a lot of matches in general that we wouldn't have normally seen and we won't normally see really because NXT is still kind of its own brand. And then Raw and SmackDown have their own thing. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, so it's Raw versus NXT versus SmackDown for the first time ever. Um, the past couple years, it's been tradition to kind of have, like, the brand's champions face off against each other, which is still mostly true this year, except for the main title matches. Um those are, are just separate actual title matches where the titles are on the line, but I don't think there's any other titles on the line. But, yeah, it should be good. Uh, I'm pretty excited for it. Like I said, it's the most excited I've been for a Survivor Series in quite a long time, uh, probably since 2014 for me personally. But, before, you know, I'll, uh, everyone has their own opinions. But, yeah, so with that being said, that's kind of all the context I think there really is. Well, I guess the only other context to give, which I kind of, very briefly mentioned earlier was just the the whole idea of brand supremacy being a thing and they're really hitting that home hard this year um which is kind of a bummer because uh i don't know it's just like it should be more about finding a finding out who is just like the best wrestler in the company like where we have this opportunity now where the brands are actually, you know, crossing, you know, the the matches are crossing the brand lines. Um, so it's not just raw superstars facing each other and so on and so forth. It's, you know, raw versus SmackDown versus NXT. 
And they're really trying to hit home this point of like, oh, it's all about like if Raw is the best show or if SmackDown is the best show. But I don't know. It's just like uh, I feel really indifferent about that because the whole brand supremacy thing is just like, I, I you know, I think Becky Lynch really hit it really well uh, this past week when she kind of said like, brand supremacy doesn't mean crap to me. Like, I just want to be the best wrestler in the company. And, you know, and that's what I want to prove. So I'm down with that. I vibe with that. And that's, you know, what she's going to try to do on Sunday night. And I think that's the most important thing that should be hit home is more of we get to see who's the best, not who's the best show. Because at the end of the day, like, while they are on that specific show, it's not like they, you know, it's not like a team like in like any other sport league where like they sign with them and it's just like, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's wrestling. So at the end of the day, I think they need to be focusing more on like, who's just the actual better wrestler as opposed to like which brand, which show is better. Um, Cause then it really should be a whole thing of like, well, are you more, you know, are you on team Fox or team USA? So and that's just stupid because then it's just like a ratings war and TV and blah, blah. But with that being said, let's just jump on right in here to the matches. And we're going to start predicting here. So the first one, number one, is Brock Lesnar versus Rey Mysterio in a no-holds-barred match for the WWE Championship. Um, I'll tell you, in 2010, if you told me, that the 2019 Survivor Series pay-per-view would be potentially headlined, but would have the match of Brock Lesnar versus Rey Mysterio for the WWE title. I would not have believed you because that would only happen in like 2003, um, which I think it actually did. Not in Survivor Series, but I think they did face off. They at least were in a feud. I knew, I know that much. Um, but yeah, it's you know, I think this should be a decent match um <clears throat> i mean they made it no holds barred i think to make it more interesting and so they can prolong the match because you know in kayfabe no one's going to believe that mysterio has a chance against someone like lesnar um and you know when you add the no holds barred stipulation to it you um give ray a fighting chance because he can use any weapon that he wants and get any outside interference um, which I wouldn't be surprised if that happens. Wouldn't be surprised if Cain Velasquez gets involved. Wouldn't be surprised even if Dominic gets involved somehow. Um, his son, because he's been pretty heavily involved in this storyline. But at the end of the day, it's a title match between Rey Mysterio and Brock Lesnar. And my instinct, obviously, is just to go with Brock, but like, I don't know if they're going to try to go for the, you know, the heartwarming, feel-good win so Ray can just have, like, one more title run and then mm, right off into the sunset kind of thing. That's tough, but at the end of the day, I think I'm going to go, ooh. Because they might have Cain Velasquez get involved. Because we know we're in store for a Kane versus Brock rematch, but is it going to be for the title? Probably. And then they'll probably have Kane Velasquez win. So I'm going to go with Brock Lesnar winning here. Um, 
even though there may be some nefarious instances in favor of Rey Mysterio, I think Brock Lesnar will still get the win here um, to retain the WWE Championship because there's no countess disqualifications, whatever. It's just you got to pin someone to win. Anything goes. So, yeah, I'm going to go with Lesnar here. Um, like I said, I think this will be a fine match. Um, you know, I just, I don't know. I'm not really excited for it. I don't really get excited about many um, <clears throat> I don't, I don't, you know, have high expectations for Lesnar matches anymore. Um, just because I feel like he doesn't really try or care that much anymore, and they're all the same. It's all just rinse and repeat with him. Um, and I just don't buy, buy Mysterio as a, you know, heavyweight competitor anymore or a title. You know. What's the term I'm looking for here? I guess just title scene. I don't know. He's just not a big-time player anymore. He's like 42, 43 years old. Like, I just don't buy it. Um, he can still put on good matches. I would rather him just feud with Andrade forever. Um, but, you know, what can you do? Um, so, with that being said, I have I have Lesnar winning here and retaining the title. I did hear someone, so I... Um, if you're a big wrestling fan, you should check out the YouTube channel Cultaholic. They cover a lot of wrestling. Um, and I thoroughly enjoy their, uh, their content. And they did, they do this thing called nine pitches where before every pay-per-view, not only do they give their predictions, but they give pitches of what they would want to see, not what they think is going to happen. Um, so it's kind of just like fantasy booking it. And one of them said it'd be cool to have Rey Mysterio get the feel-good win here, win the title, and then feud and drop it to Andrade, which I would be so on board for. Because that's that was the thing is like they're saying if Rey Mysterio gets the feel-good win, like who does he feud with after that? Um, because there's just like not a whole lot of directions you can go with him after like kind of beating Lesnar. And Andrade is like one of the few ones that would like make sense and be good. So, but I don't think the WWE is smart enough. I don't think Vince is smart enough to do that. So, yeah, I have uh, I have Lesnar retaining here. Next match: Becky Lynch versus Bailey versus Shayna Baszler. Um, that's the women's triple threat match. All three brand champions. Um, I I have Shayna Baszler winning here. Because I think this is going to be a statement pay per view for NXT. I don't think it's going to be anything like, you know, a clean sweep. But I do see, um, I do see her winning though, just because. Either way, I don't think Bailey's winning, and I think Bailey's taking the pin regardless. Uh, I think the. The, the big surprise shock move they would do would be to have like Bailey pin Shayna Baszler because that would be huge for her. Um, but I just think the way that Baszler has been booked, you know, in NXT is just like this unbeatable um, person in, in NXT who, you know, has that MMA background. Um, it'll be a great introduction to her, for, like for people who don't watch NXT. Um, and I think it'll be a huge statement made. 
again, I don't I don't see Becky taking the pin here, regardless of who wins, just because again they're she's been booked so strong, and uh, I think they need to continue that. But I uh, I just don't see Bailey getting the win here, and I think Shayna could use it more because I do think you know eventually they're going to want to call her up to the main roster to kind of be a replacement Ronda Rousey, so to speak. Um, and the women's division is just badly needing more talent on the main roster. Um, or just not even really, they just need more attention. Um, but they just have all faced each other so much now that it's time to get some fresh faces up there. Um, or over there, I should say. But, um, you know, I, at the end of the day, I, um, I think Baszler, I don't think she needs the win, but I think she should get it, and I think she will. So I think they'll have Baszler. Maybe she'll tap out Bailey, actually, or have her like pass out. That would be cool, just so that she never actually tapped. But yeah, I have Baszler winning this one. Next up, the Viking Raiders versus the New Day versus the Undisputed Era. Um, this is tough. Ah, uh, ooh, this is tough because it's like I want to say Undisputed Era will win this one, but I don't know if NXT is going to get that many wins. Um, hmm. Man, that's tough. Because you don't want because the Undisputed Era looks so strong right now. You don't want to book him into a corner. I mean, it is just one match that's, like, not for the titles or anything. Mm, but they just, like, don't lose. I don't think either way that they're going to give it to the New Day. I just don't think they need it at all. Man. I'm going to go with the Viking Raiders here. Um... Yeah, I just I I really like them and I want them to get some legitimate wins here. I mean, they beat um Forgotten Sons earlier this week on um last night really on NXT and I thought that was a great match. Um not great. It was good. Uh but it was good to see them beat more than just like jobbers or like, you know, uh Gallows and Anderson for the 20th time. So I'd like to see them pin the New Day here and get the win. Um, again, I don't think that Undisputed Era should be involved in the finish. I think that, you know, they they shouldn't take the pin here. They shouldn't take the loss, uh, but I don't think they're going to win. But, oh, man, that's tough. I just, I, I feel like I don't have them winning just because it doesn't fit with the rest of, like, my card and what I have happening. But I wouldn't be surprised if it's kind of like, Either one of them, either the New Day or the Viking Raiders, hits their finisher on the other, and then Undisputed Era just like throw them out of the ring and like get a. They're gonna if Undisputed Era wins, they're gonna get a cheeky win, um, I think. But I'm gonna go with the Viking Raiders because that's what I said, and I just gotta stick with it. I think that'll be a good match. I think that'll be an entertaining match. Um, Regardless of who comes out on top, I think those are all really talented teams, uh, and there can be some exciting spots. Um, next up, 
the women's five on five on five Survivor Series Triple Threat Elimination Match, which is Team Raw, which consists of Charlotte, Natalia, Asuka, Kyrie Sane, and Sarah Logan, versus SmackDown, which is Sasha Banks, Carmella, Dana Brooke, Lacey Evans, and Nikki Cross, versus Team T- NXT, which is uh, TBA. Um. You you th- you gotta think that they're gonna go with Team Raw here, and with Charlotte getting the win, because she's not involved in like the main Triple Threat match. She's not a champion right now, but they just love, like she is like the John Cena of the women's division. Um. So, I yeah, I'm gonna say that Team Raw gets the win here with Charlotte getting you know, being one of the lone survivors for Team Raw. Um, I think this match will be fine. Team SmackDown looks like a joke, honestly. Like, that women's division on SmackDown is just, like, not good. Uh, Sasha Banks hasn't... I, I just don't think... She, after her Hell in a Cell match with Becky Lynch, she hasn't done anything. I know she's been injured. Um, but I feel like I haven't even, like, seen her on TV at all. Carmella has been just doing nothing with R-Truth for the 24-7 title for like a year, so she has no credibility. Dana Brooke has no credibility, never has. Lacey Evans, I can't tell if she's a babyface or a heel. They keep flipping her, and she hasn't been involved in any programs at all since that five-hour pro- or five-year program with Natalia that never seems to end. And then Nikki Cross is like the only one that looks good. And if SmackDown wins, it'll definitely be Nikki Cross who gets that win. Um, Cause she by far looks like the strongest of that team. Um, <clears throat> and then we have no idea who team NXT is going to be. I don't know. <clears throat> Thanks Sue. Appreciate you stopping by and hanging out. I know that not everyone uh, likes or watches wrestling or knows a whole lot about wrestling, but I appreciate you still being a fan and giving a listen and hanging out. Um, again, I, I know you're just joining, but you know I'm talking talking wrestling and Survivor Series, which is this Sunday night. But if you have any any questions at all that come up sports related, doesn't have to be wrestling. Just put them in the chat, and I'll be happy to answer them. But if not, just hang out. Um, but yeah, so Team NXT for the women, I don't know what they're going to do with that. I mean, I think for the men, well, I won't get to that because I'm about to talk about that match. But for the for the women's team, I don't know if they're going to go with like a full baby face or full heel team or if they're just go like mix matched. Um, but either way, I wouldn't be surprised if it's. Let's try this again. For the audio listeners, I apologize. My garage band just kind of poo-pooed. But um, anyways, so I was talking about the women's match. Um, I don't know. I just I don't know how this is going to work because we've never had this before. So I don't know if it's going to be an actual like triple threat where there's three people in the ring at all times or if it's going to be like they somehow sometimes do it where there's only two people, but they can tag in to that third team who's not in the ring at the time. I hope they don't do that because it's really confusing and I just think it's dumb and doesn't make sense. Um, so I hope it's just a triple threat match and in that case, 
Nikki Cross is definitely going to be the lone survivor for SmackDown calling it now. But at the end of the day, my prediction is Team Raw wins the women's elimination match. Um, next up is the men's traditional triple threat elimination match. Team Raw, which is Seth Rollins, Drew McIntyre, Kevin Owens, Randy Orton, and Ricochet. Versus Team SmackDown, which is Roman Reigns, Mustafa Ali, Braun Strowman, King Corbin, and Shorty G. Versus Team NXT, um, which is also TBD. Um, my guess is that Ciampa's uh, War Games team is going to be the men's NXT team. And I think that his team is going to win in War Games. So I think he's... He, you know, Ciampa and his team are going to have quite the weekend. Um, but yeah, so I think it's going to be Ciampa, Keith Lee, Matt Riddle, and whoever their fourth is. I don't know who their fourth is going to be. Um, should be interesting. It might be like Isaiah Swerve Lee or Scott or whatever his name is. Swerve. I don't, it's Isaiah Scott or Isaiah Lee. Uh, he might be the fourth. Because Velveteen Dream is injured, so it can't be him. Can't be Gargano. Um, jeez. Apologies if you heard that. I was getting a phone call. Um. Anyways, so yeah, I don't. Hmm. Either way, I think. Champa's team is going to win war games and then that his team is going to be the NXT team. And I think that NXT is going to win the men's match. That took a while for me to get there. Sorry, I got a little distracted. But yeah, I think Team NXT is going to win the men's elimination match. Um, they're obviously teasing a lot, you know, with someone defecting to NXT. I don't know if we're going to see it or not. I hope we do. Because I think it'd be exciting. I would love to see Seth Rollins turn heel, turn on his team, and um, join Team NXT and go down to NXT for a little while um, and be a heel. That would be great for him. I know a lot of people think it could be Kevin Owens. I really hope it's not Kevin Owens because I'm really enjoying babyface Kevin Owens, and I think everyone is and I think he's doing really well and he, there's still so much more for them to explore for him as a babyface um, so I'd love to see that play out uh, and obviously whoever defects to NXT I think it's going to come with a heel turn if they're not heel already um, and I just I love babyface Owens too much so I hope it's not him but yeah at the end of the day I have NXT winning again the Smackdown team I just don't really buy it I know <laughs> They're really hitting home how Team Raw like has a lot of dysfunction between them. Um, but I just I think that the NXT team is gonna be so strong because they will have just competed the night before, again, if my prediction is right and who the team is. They'll just have so much chemistry and so much team, you know, strength that I, I, I think and I hope they'll pull out the win here and kind of, you know put their their mark, their stamp on this pay-per-view so it goes down the history of NXT winning the first ever men's elimination match, triple threat match at Survivor Series. I think that'd be great. Um, yeah, so I have Team Raw winning that one. Um, 
what's next? AJ Styles versus Shinsuke Nakamura versus Roderick Strong um, in the Battle of the Mid-Card Champions. I think they'll give the win to AJ Styles. I would love for Nakamura to get this win. Uh, either way, I don't think that Roderick Strong gets the win here. But, man, I would, I would love to see Nakamura get like a huge win here, like a statement win. Um, hmm. I'm going to do it. I'm just going to go with Nakamura. I'm going to go with my heart, not my brain, because I don't care because there's nothing on the line here. There's nothing at stake. It's just for fun. So I'm going to go with what I want, and I want Nakamura to win. So I'm going to say that Nakamura wins because I think he's been Intercontinental, Intercontinental Champion for I don't know how long, and I just I forget that he's the champion. I just, I don't know. I just think they could do, he's, there's just not a lot going on with him right now um and i'd love to see more happening with him and i think a big statement win here at survivor series over aj styles and roger strong would be huge for him uh, and hopefully he can just ride that wave of momentum after survivor series um because they could put on a killer match this could so easily be match of the night um you know because these guys are all very talented i think everyone's been clamoring just to see nakamura and styles in any capacity since they both came over to the WWE. We've gotten a couple of matches out of it, but they, they've all been kind of stinkers. So I'm hoping that this really kind of, you know, takes the cake and is just a really hard-hitting, good, well-told match. Um, and like I always say, just give them the time that they need. Give them 20 minutes, and I think it'll be a killer match. I can think it could very easily be match of the night. Um so I would love for that to happen. Um, and that's what I'm going to predict is going to happen. So I have Nakamura winning that match. Uh, what's next? What's next? The Fiend, Bray Wyatt versus Daniel Bryan for the Universal Championship. Uh, so this match was just recently added um, last week on SmackDown. I don't know how I feel about this because, like, I love Daniel Bryan, but I also really love The Fiend, and I want The Fiend to hold that belt for, like, two years. And I just don't want to see Daniel Bryan with this decent wave of momentum that he has since his kind of babyface turn, but not official babyface turn. Um, I just don't want to see him lose right away for the Universal Championship. That'd be kind of a bummer. Um, and especially just in the fashion that I want the Fiends to win his matches. I don't want that to happen to Daniel Bryan. But who knows? Maybe like Sami Zayn and Nakamura will somehow get involved and kind of cost him. And then he can go back to feuding with Nakamura. That would be nice. I would enjoy that. Um, like get Daniel Bryan the Intercontinental Championship and have him feud with Shinsuke. Do that. And then have someone else feud with the fiend. But at the end of the day, I have the fiend winning regardless um, of how I feel. I think, like I said, I think I well, I want him to hold the belt for a while, and I think he will hold it for a while, at least till WrestleMania. Um, so I th I think he's going to win here. I mean, they could 
be terrible people and have this match not finish and have it be a DQ finish. Um, but man, people would hate that and really, that would really sour the crowd. Um, just because there's been so many main event matches on pay-per-views that have ended in DQ or have been like no finishes uh, and people are sick of it. So I hope that's not what happens. Um, at the end of the day, I hope it's just a great match. I, I think it will be because it's two really good workers. It's two good characters. Um, but I have the fiend winning here because I think he's going to hold the title for a while. Uh, it just makes sense for him and for his character. He's riding a huge wave of momentum. Um, so yeah, um, what's next? The last match um, on the card as of now, Adam Cole uh, versus, let's see. So there's, so in War Games the night before, there's a triple threat number one contender match for who is going to face Adam Cole. So that is Pete Dunn versus Killian Dane versus Damian Priest. Um, I think Killian Dane and Damian Priest are in a feud, aren't they? Or is Damian Priest feuding with Pete Dunn? I don't know. I, I I'm gonna go with Pete Dunn winning this match here. Um, because I think that'd be really cool to see him versus Adam Cole. Um. I don't know. I just started watching NXT, so I don't know a whole lot about these guys or like a whole lot of the storylines that are going on. Um, so that's going to work to my disadvantage here. But at the end of the day, I know that Pete Dunne is a baby face. I know Damien Priest is a heel. I don't know what Killian Dane is. I think he's a heel too. And you don't want to have a heel on heel title match in Survivor Series. So I'm going to go with Pete Dunne winning. Again, because I just think it would also be a really cool match. Um, but then on Survivor Series, the actual match of Adam Cole versus Pete Dunne, or whoever, regardless, doesn't change my prediction, Adam Cole's going to win because, uh, you know, he's not going to drop the NXT championship not on an NXT takeover. Um, so I wouldn't... Because you also have the thing of how Undisputed Era holds all the gold in NXT. And so they're going to have that for at least a little while longer, I think. Until probably the Royal Rumble takeover. Um, like, But I don't know who's going to be the first to lose their championship. And I don't know if they're going to have them all just like lose them all at once. Or they're going to slowly have them like picked off. Um, but... I would say, regardless, Adam Cole is winning this match because he's not going to, like I said, he's not going to drop his title not on an NXT exclusive pay-per-view. Um, it would be cool. It'd be like a big like swerve and like a big, you know, a big moment for Survivor Series, but I think there's going to be enough moments elsewhere throughout the show that they're not going to do that with Adam Cole. Um, so yeah, I have Adam Cole winning winning that match. Um and that's it. That's Survivor Series 2019. Those are my predictions. Um That's all I had planned to talk about tonight. But like I said, we're live. We got a couple people in the chat. 
So if you're there hanging out, if you have any questions, please ask them and I'll answer them because, like I said, at this point, I've basically run out of planned material to talk about. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll be, I can think of other things to talk about if not. Um, but I always like to have these be interactive, so feel free. I'm going to eat this pumpkin chocolate chip muffin while I wait. It's funny, I love pumpkin chocolate chip muffins. I love pumpkin bread. But I don't like pumpkin pie. I think that the pumpkin is like too concentrated in the pie. And so it's too much. The, the flavor of the pumpkin is like too overwhelming for me. So I don't like it. But I love pumpkin and like baked goods otherwise. I told you this was going to be chill. I know this is a very professional, legitimate podcast otherwise. But we're switching it up tonight. And I'm just straight eating dessert on camera, on audio. I feel bad for the people who listen just to this audio. This is going to be a train wreck for you guys. But, oh well. You, you listen to this show to begin with, so that's on you. Let's try to find some sports news to talk about a little bit. Why? I'm getting notifications for comments. Oh, it's on the one that I shared. Megan says hi. Hi, Megan, if you're still watching. Cooper says hi. Hi, Cooper. I don't know if Cooper's still watching, but hi, hi, buddy. I'll see you soon. I'll see you next week. I don't know if he's still watching or not, but it's my nephew. All right. I'm on ESPN, my favorite website in the world. Just kidding. I hate it. I hate ESPN. But I'm trying to get some news here. Look at their headlines. Mm, yeah, let's talk about this whole Pittsburgh Steelers debacle. Um, good Lord. Notification sounds are so loud. Cooper is still watching, and he's excited that he's getting a shout-out. Hi, Cooper. Hope you're having fun with Nona and Pop. All right. Yeah, so let's talk about the Steelers here. Um, I wish I could share my screen. I need to, like, upgrade my whole... This whole show <clears throat> and like use OBS and stuff, but 
so I could show you guys this, what happened. But basically, what happened is in last week's Thursday night football game, it was the Steelers versus the Browns. It's the last play of the game. Uh, the Steelers are on offense. The Browns are on defense. The Steelers quarterback gets sacked. And as he's going down, a lineman on the Browns rips his helmet off and then bops him on the top of the head with it. Um, it was wild. And then he gets taken to the ground, and then Steelers players are, like, jumping on him. But the craziest thing I've seen, probably one of the wildest, like, fights slash um, uh, incidences that I've seen in live sports probably since, like, the Malice at the Palace, to be honest. It was wild. Um, like, ripped the quarterback's helmet off and then just smacked him on the top of the head with it. Um, so the lineman got suspended for the rest of the year, and it's indefinite. They haven't put a time limit on it, but it's for at least the rest of the year. We know that much. <clears throat> uh, the and then there's a lineman on the Steelers who is suspended for three games but appealed it and it's been reduced to two games that came out yesterday or today I think um, Marquise Pouncey so he's out two games uh, but that's fine because he deserves that but I, I think everyone justifies what he did because he was sticking up for his quarterback um, but what Miles Garrett did was just like it was wild like I thought that the Steelers quarterback, Mason Rudolph, I thought he legitimately might press charges like for assault against that guy because that was just like way over the line, like ridiculous, unnecessary uh, violence. Uh, it was not football at all. Uh, apparently today, I think, Miles Garrett, who's the Browns guy, said that Mason Rudolph used a racial slur against him earlier in the game Mason Rudolph has since unequipped like or I don't know I don't want to mess up my words here very definitively has uh denied that allegation and the NFL apparently according to ESPN the NFL did a um the NFL did an investigation and found that you know Mason Rudolph did not do such things um, what does this say? Um, banned from football because of the helmet hit to send a message. Yeah, so he's not banned; he's suspended. Um, like he's he's not like kicked out of the NFL, but he's been suspended from playing for the team uh for the rest of the year, and it will most likely go into next year. Um, because of what he did, because he ripped the guy's helmet off and hit him on top of the head with it. Um, but yeah, so Miles Garrett also appealed his suspension. It was upheld. He did not get any sort of a reduction. Um, just wild, wild stuff though. Um, there, it was interesting <clears throat> actually as, I don't know if it was the same play or if it was an earlier play, but as Mason Rudolph, Rudolph was getting sacked, you can see him trying to rip Miles Garrett's helmet off. So I think it was actually the same play. So like as they're going down, he's like trying to pull Miles Garrett's helmet off, but can't. 
and then Miles Garrett gets up and rips his helmet off and then hits him with it. Um, so, you know, at the time, it definitely seemed like it was just like very much Miles Garrett instigated it and for whatever reason did that. Uh, but since, you know, we've, with the uh, benefit of this slow-mo technology, you know, we can really see every angle. Um, but they were able to see that <coughs> Mason Rudolph actually kind of instigated the whole thing. Um, but at the end of the day, he didn't get his helmet off and didn't do anything. And Miles Garrett did get the guy's helmet off and then still hit him on the head with it. Um, you know, at the very least, (coughs) excuse me, I think what anyone would have done in that situation, if the quarterback had, or yeah, if the quarter opposing quarterback had tried to rip his helmet, your helmet off, I think they would get up and probably give him a good, good old shove. Um, maybe a mush in the face, but don't retaliate by trying to do the same thing, actually doing it and then using it as a weapon. Like that was just kind of silly. Um, he had to know he was going to get suspended for that for a while. Um, like you're not going to accomplish anything with that. Uh, you know, it was interesting on, um, Golik and Wingo the following morning, they were talking about it. And Mike Golik senior, who used to play in the NFL talked about, was talking about just, you know, fights in the, all the major leagues where, you know, in basketball, they'll, you know, try to break it up as soon as possible. Usually they'll be able to get a shove in. Um, and it's rare that you see people actually throwing fists because at that point it's usually been, um, I can't think of the word, but uh, subdued. But, you know, and then in hockey, like, they let them fight. But as soon as the helmet comes off, uh, then it's game over. Because they, you know, they get up close. <clears throat> the thing is, you know, they take the gloves off. They literally, like, square up, get some punches in. But then as soon as they go to the ground, actually, I think it's when they go to the ground. As soon as they go to the ground, they break it up. Like, they literally, if you've watched the NFL, you know this. But if you don't really watch it. If... NHL players like square up and get in a fight. The referees just straight up let them fight, uh, which I think is good because it lets them get that a little bit of aggression out, lets them take it out on each other, and then no one really wants to take it that far. Um, so they just kind of let them get their punches in because they're not going to be doing anything because they're typically, it's mostly about you're holding the other guy's like jersey and pads and you're just trying to control him and where he goes. And then you're usually punching like their helmet to be honest uh but then as soon as they go to the ground they break it up um and then same with the nfl where it's typically they'll you know obviously try to break it up as soon as possible but shoves are usually fine um occasionally that'll get a uh a flag thrown for unsportsmanlike conduct but as soon as like punches are being thrown someone's helmet comes off that's it. Because, you know, they have the rule. I know it's in college. I don't know if it's in the NFL as well. But if your helmet comes off for any reason uh, on the field, you have to sit out of play just for because they take it very seriously because obviously there's massive issues with concussions and whatnot in football. So they take huge precautions, you know. So even if it's just incidentally you fall on the ground and your helmet pops off, you got to come off the field for a play. Um, it's the same with when there's a scuffle. That's when it happens. But so that being said, 
Mason Rudolph didn't cross that line. He was pulling at the guy's helmet as he was being sacked uh, and was unsuccessful. But then as soon as Miles Garrett ripped Mason Rudolph's helmet off, that should have been it. <clears throat> you got to stop there. But he took it that extra step and just bonked him on the head. Um, let's see. Yeah. Um, so that's what happened there. So I'm glad that uh, Miles Garrett's suspension was upheld. And I think it's fine that Marquise Pouncey's uh, was reduced to two games instead of three. Um, let's see. What else is there? Do, 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 do. Um. Just perusing ESPN, finding some headlines. Oh, let me, let's talk about, what's his name? Memphis Basket. Player, I don't remember his name. Um, James Wiseman, that was it. James Wiseman <clears throat> News. All right, so while this is loading, um, let's go here. Any new comments? No, okay. Um, <clears throat> so for those of you unaware, there is a college basketball player named uh, James Wiseman who plays for Memphis, University of Memphis. And he's projected to be the number one pick in the NBA draft this upcoming year. Um, and... Ooh, yeah, I'll get to that, Mom. Um... So he's projected to be the number one NBA draft pick because he's very talented. He's a good basketball player. So Penny Hardaway is the current coach for the Memphis men's basketball team. He paid, I think it was three years ago, he paid to help Wiseman and his family move to Tennessee um, and has subsequently now he plays for the University of Memphis. Um, and basically the NCAA had said, had ruled him ineligible and said that he, you know, had, you know, basically you're not allowed to take money or offers or gifts or anything like that if you're a college athlete. Um, and they viewed that as a gift from the coach, uh, because he helped his family move to Tennessee. Uh, 
presumably to help him be closer to Memphis so he could get in-state tuition and, and, and play for Memphis. Who knows? But, so they had ruled him ineligible and said he's suspended for the year, can't play. Um, but then he he basically, you know, challenged that, so to speak. Um, appealed it and said, you know, that's not fair. Uh, and then just yesterday, the NCAA finally came back with its final resolution. Let's see, it says, After months of back and forth between Memphis and the NCAA, the sports governing body has cleared the heralded freshman to return to the basketball court on January 12th. Um, Wiseman will sit out a total of 12 games under the NCAA ruling. Um, the sports governing body also announced Wednesday that Wiseman must donate $11,500, the amount of impermissible benefits the NCAA ruled he received, to charity of his choice to regain his eligibility. So basically, what that's saying is there's this high school basketball player. Let's rewind a couple years. There's a high school basketball player. I don't know where he's from. Let's say he's from Texas. He's very good. He's being highly recruited. Lots of colleges want him. Penny Hardaway is the head coach of the Memphis men's basketball team. He's like, this kid's really good. I want him to play at my school. I'm going to pay what it looks like is $11,500 in moving costs, essentially. Um, Reaches out to this kid, and he's like, hey, I'll pay the $11,500 that it takes to for you know for the moving vans and for you guys to get here to Memphis. He didn't like buy a house for them or anything. Looks like it was $11,500 the NCAA ruled uh of benefits that he received. Um and that was a couple of years ago and then since then he's finished out his high school basketball career since then signed with and now is a part of the Memphis men's basketball team. The NCAA said, you can't do that. That's not fair. You basically received $11,500 worth of benefits that are against the rules. And so they're making him pay that much money in uh, uh, to a charity, in donations. Um, and it's just... I don't know. I, I'm just reading the rest of this article to see, make sure I'm not missing anything else. Um, oh, that's the other thing. <clears throat> when Wiseman received those benefits from Penny Hardaway, Penny Hardaway was not the Memphis coach at the time. Um, so, like, he wasn't even the coach. You know, so people would say. That doesn't even matter. Um, NCAA had ruled Wiseman was likely ineligible due to $11,500 Hardaway gave the center's family for moving expenses from Nashville to Memphis in the summer of 2017. That started a legal battle that featured Wiseman suing the NCAA and obtaining a temporary restraining order to play two games. Um, uh, 
The NCAA noted in its release Wednesday that the payment to Wiseman's family in 2017 was not allowed because of Hardaway's status as a booster, which included a $1 million donation to the university for the Penny Hardaway Athletic Hall of Fame. So a little more context there. Penny Hardaway played college basketball at Memphis and then went to the NBA, had a great career in the NBA, and... Memphis since then has built the Penny Hardaway Athletic Hall of Fame. And Penny has been obviously a regular donor to his alma mater, as most most, uh, NBA players do. And he's considered a booster because he helps kind of fund their athletic department. And at that time, he was just a booster. He paid the $11,500 in moving costs and... Apparently, that's not fair because he was a booster. Um, So all that has resulted in Wiseman now being suspended until January. Um, He'll be suspended for a total of 12 games and has to pay $11,500 in uh, donations to his charity of choosing. I just, like, I don't know. I I have never liked the NCAA. I think it's a terrible organization. I think it's really corrupt. I think it's ridiculous that they make billions upon billions of dollars off of the backs of these college athletes and they don't see a dime. Um, And let me be clear, I don't think... How do I word this? I don't think college athletes should be paid, but I do think they should be able to make money. So if you really want... me to expand on that go back and listen about a year ago i did an episode all about why i don't think college athletes should be paid but specifically like i think that college athletes should make money off of their name their likeness um you know their image uh so basically you know if there's a you know, I mean, there are no NCAA video games actually because of that fact. But if, you know, Memphis, if the university, if NCAA sells Memphis college basketball jerseys with his number and even potentially his name on it, he should be making money from that. And up until this point, they have not been able to. I also think that college athletes should be able to take sponsorships. I think they should be able to make money off of doing appearances and signings. And at this point, they're not allowed to. They're like, they should also be able to like sell their gear too, I think. Um, because, you know, at the end of the day, it's their name, it's their likeness. Um, so, you know, like if, let's say, James Wiseman, if Nike comes along and they're like, hey, we want to sponsor you for shoes, wear our shoes, you know, during any game you play or like when you're not playing. For instance, like you know, maybe Skechers is like, "Hey, wear our shoes when you go to class or whatever." He should be able to like sign a contract with them where it's like, "Hey, well, you know, we'll give you twenty thousand dollars a year for three years. Wear Skechers." I think he should be able to do that right now. He can't. Um, the same as like if the Dick Sporting Goods in in downtown Memphis, that's right near the university, is like, "Hey, come um, come to our store for two hours, sign some autographs, take pictures with fans. We'll give you five hundred bucks." He should be able to do that right now. He can't. So I don't think they should be able to just sign like contracts and just like get paid a flat amount of money. I don't think they should be getting a salary or anything like that. 
So I don't think they should get paid, but I think they should be able to make money off of their image, their likeness, their name, uh, because it's them. It's who they are. And at this point, the NCAA is making billions of dollars off of that, and these kids aren't seeing a dime. And meanwhile, like in the same instance here of I think that there's, I don't think there's anything wrong with Penny Hardaway being like, hey, I'll pay the moving expenses for your family to move from Nashville to Memphis. Um, hope you go to Memphis, you know, cause at the end of the day, it's not going to be, it's not going to, and if it does turn into, you know, bribery or, or blackmail, that'll be handled by judicial and law enforcement systems. But at this point, you know, Penny Hardaway can be like, yeah, I'll pay for you to move to Memphis. Like Memphis is a great school. I think it'd be an awesome opportunity for you, whatever you should play there. But then, you know, Kevin Durant can be like, well, I'll pay to move you to Austin, Texas. You should play at the University of Texas. Go Horns. Um, not actually, though. Sick and Bears. Um, but, you know, it can almost start like bidding wars at that point um, because these kids are talented players. And it's not like they, you know, it's not like Texas can be like, well, we'll give you a million dollars. Like the university can't do anything like that. Um, but I think that if, you know, like there's another instance too in the NCAA football realm where, um, there's a player, I don't remember, uh, Ohio state, I think, and he's projected to be the number one pick in the NFL draft last year. He played in the Rose bowl, which is in, um, California. I don't know where it's in Santa Clara, maybe I'm not sure. Um, so he's from Ohio, played in the Rose Bowl in California, and he took a loan from like his aunt to be able to pay for his girlfriend to have a flight out to California so she could watch him play in the Rose Bowl, and then he has since paid that loan back to his aunt. And he is now like, you know, un- there's this whole kerfuffle of things going on and like a, you know, ineligibility thing going on with him because he, uh, oh, what's the phrase? Received benefits. So he received financial benefit from his family member, which he immediately paid back in full. And it was only just so that his girlfriend could fly out to California to see him play in the biggest game of his career at this point. And it's just like stuff like that. It's like, what is the deal? Like, why can he not do that? You're saying he can't borrow money from his family to fly his girlfriend out to watch him play in a game and then pay that loan back to his family member. Like, it's not like it was freaking like, you know, um, Ezekiel Elliott like paying thousands of dollars to fly her out first class, put her up in a nice hotel, like, you know, give her box seats and uh, have, you know, like it was a family member being like, hey, yeah, you don't have money. You're a college kid. Here's some money that I have because I'm a hardworking adult. You're my family member. I love you. I want your significant other to see you do what you love in the biggest stage that you have ever done it so far, and you will pay me back in full, and he did. I just think it's absurd uh, that the NCAA is 
like legally allowed to get involved in that. Uh, but also that the like it's just I just think it's ridiculous that that's even a thing. Um, so yeah. Um, what else? Um, Astros cheating. Mm-hmm. Well, so it's not even a question. It's just it is true. Um, the Astros cheated in the 2017 series uh, season. Like they. They like a former player admitted and like said like yeah we cheated we stole signs. Um, so again, context for those unfamiliar. Basically, back in 2017, in the 2017 season, the Astros throughout the season, which they ended up winning the World Series that year. A former player has since come out and said, we stole signs throughout that season, throughout the playoffs, and in the World Series. And basically what that means is that when they were on offense, so when the Astros were up to bat, they had this high-tech, super crazy camera hidden out in center field that was just looking at the signs that the catcher gives to the pitcher, you know, if you watch baseball, you see the catcher, I have to like lift my hand so you can see my camera is like, you know, doing this, you know, kind of thing, going through their signs and the pitchers and each of those signs means, you know, a certain pitch, you know, two is the curveball, three is the slider, you know, it's, and they have different cadences, different, like, orders different signs um that it's you know it's code um and it is against the rules in baseball to steal those signs to basically you know it's kind of like the same as like counting cards in um like in blackjack you know in casinos and stuff like that uh you can't do it so it's against the rules and the Astros broke those rules and they won the World Series. And I won't say that they won the World Series because of that, but it's a it's a big deal. Um So, the MLB is doing a full-on investigation. Let's see. I'm reading an article from USA Today. MLB probing Astros back to 2017, firm discipline possible. Let's see. MLB has widened its investigation of alleged sign stealing by the Houston Astros and will probe activity by the team over the past three seasons. Um, Commissioner said we will investigate them as thoroughly as humanly possible. Um, That investigation is going to encompass not only what we know about 2017, but 2018 and 2019 as well, because they also just played in the World Series and lost to the Nationals. Um, Right now, they're the only team being investigated. Uh, Yada, yada, yada. Oakland pitcher Mike Fears fires told The Athletic in a story last week that while he was playing with the Astros during their 2017 World Series championship season, the team stole signs during home games by using a camera positioned in center field. During this year's playoffs, 
Houston players were suspected of whistling in the dugout to communicate pitch selection to batters. Asked if he wished more had been done before fear spoke out publicly, the MLB commissioner said baseball has chased every lead it has received to the extent that we felt was investigatively possible. Um, the MLB fined the Boston Red Sox in September 2017 for using an Apple Watch to steal signals from New York Yankees catchers. Um. When the Red Sox were fined only weeks before the Astros won their first World Series title in 2017, Manfred, the MLB commissioner, said all 30 clubs were notified that future violations would be subject to more serious sanctions, including the possible loss of draft picks. So, you know, and like this headline said, firm discipline is possible. Um, So I think it's very possible that... Depending on how bad this is, it could be as bad as their team being fined, them losing draft picks, and them being stripped of the World Series title. I think it could absolutely go that far. Uh, depending on how serious this issue is, and depending on how firm and like legitimate the evidence is, you know, we'll see. Who knows? Um, but I think if it's if it's some damning stuff, then yeah, I think they could be stripped of the title because we've seen that happen before. Not in professional sports, actually, but we've seen it happen in college sports. Well, we have seen it, you know, with Lance Armstrong, who was stripped of all his Tour de France uh, victories. So it's possible. I think at the very least they will be fined because it seems fairly evident that it happened. So they'll definitely at least be fined. I I would say it's probably pretty certain they'll lose some draft picks too. Um, I know, like when stuff like this happened a couple of years ago in the NCAA with Louisville, they lost like recruiting and they weren't allowed to play in the March madness bracket for, I think like two or three years or tournament rather. They couldn't play in March madness for a couple of years. Um, I don't think they can or would do that in like the MLB. Like, I don't think they would say like, you're not eligible for the playoffs. Um, but yeah, it's crazy. It's wild. Like, uh, we've—I don't think we've ever really experienced anything like this in professional sports. I mean, we did have the whole uh, thing with the Patriots a while back, with you know them having cameras and like spying on, like the whole Spygate thing on spying on other teams practicing, uh, which was a whole thing that kind of the NFL just kind of brushed under the rug and tried to move on from, which is just classic NFL handling literally any issue they have. I hope the MLB handles this issue better than the NFL did because it's very serious. You know, it's it's cheating. It's breaking the rules. You're not allowed to do this. And they were intentionally doing it at what seems like was every single home game. Um, and it was an unfair advantage that they had. And I just think, you know, not cool, not fair. So I think they definitely will be punished. I think they should be punished. I'm interested to see if more comes out of it, of if, they were doing it also this past season and in 2018 as well. Cause like I'm saying, if it's, tr- if they f- are able to see that they were stealing signs in three straight seasons, two of which they made the world series, one of which they won the championship. That's really bad. That's like really, really bad. Um, hi Scotty. What's up? Um, we're talking Astros cheating here. Um, 
but yeah, I just think it's like I I don't know if other than Spygate, if we've seen anything like this in professional sports where it's just an entire team that was conspiring and cheating uh, throughout a season. Like we've seen, I'm trying to think of like similarities with like on the personal level, you know, when it comes to baseball, we've seen a ton of people like, you know, using pine tar, um, whether it's pitchers or batters, um, you know, as a little bit of an unfair advantage. Obviously there's the whole steroids scandal um, with, you know, players using illegal steroids. Um, for an unfair advantage. Um, outside of that, though, I can't think of anything where it's just like blatant, like cheating and breaking the rules. I mean, obviously Lance Armstrong as well, and he was stripped of all of his Tour de France's. So again, I think it depends on what comes out of this investigation, but I think they, it, the discipline could go as far as stripping them of their World Series title and you know it'll go down the history books with an asterisk mark next to it of you know they were stripped of the world series championship due to sign stealing throughout the season um but yeah i think this is i think so far the mlb has handled this well because they you know are setting an example for the rest of the teams and the rest of the league of hey if you get caught doing this we're going to take it very seriously and uh, there could be very serious ramifications for it because at the end of the day, there's rules. You chose to not follow those rules. You intentionally, blatantly broke those rules. Now you got to pay the price. Um, so very interesting, especially just because I think the past several years, especially that year they won the World Series, I think a lot of people kind of were rooting for the Astros and they were kind of viewed as underdogs. And it was like, you know, man, this team has sucked for so long and they've just been so bad, but now they just have like a fun team and everyone's like, yay, I hope they win the World Series. Um, and they did, but they cheated. So, yeah. Interesting stuff, man. Interesting stuff. A lot of, you know, there's never a dull day in sports news, especially in this day and age. There's always something going on. Um, but yeah. So that's what I think about the Astros cheating. Um, any other uh, any other questions from the people in the live chat before I before I bounce before I dip? Peace out. Any last minute questions you got for me, or thoughts or comments? Some good stuff. I like covering current events in sports. I've always wanted to have a radio show, like a daily like radio show for, for sports, so it's a good way for me to practice. Live that dream a little bit. <clears throat> Alright, I'm not seeing any other comments or questions in here, so I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up here. Um, for those of you who joined live on Facebook, appreciate you hanging out uh, and spending a little bit of your Thursday night with me. For those of you who are listening on the audio version... I uh, appreciate you listening to this episode. Hope you enjoyed my Survivor Series predictions and also covering some current events. Let me know if you like this whole live video Facebook forum. Uh, I enjoy doing the live videos because I like being interactive with people who listen to this show because I appreciate all of you who do listen. So I like to interact and, and hang out and chat with you guys. So let me know if you want me to do more of these live videos and stuff 
Uh, but other than that, make sure you're following on all the social medias. Make sure you're subscribed to the show wherever you find your podcasts. And uh, other than that, I'm going to go... Uh, I don't know. What am I going to do? I might go watch Star Wars. I'm trying to watch all the Star Wars chronologically before Rise of Skywalker comes out. But that's irrelevant to all this. So I'm going to go. Thanks for hanging out. And I will see you guys uh, in the next episode. Peace. It's Sports Talk with Swerve.